You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. It's November, and that means a wide range of University of North Dakota athletics are in full swing on our network. Don't miss our live coverage of 13 different UND events this month alone, including hockey, football, volleyball, and basketball. Plus, stay up to date with your favorite teams on weekly shows like Day by Day and North Dakota Hockey Central. It's all on Midco Sports. This is how we do sports. And this is the 100th episode of the Bill Shapes Podcast. Wow. A hundred, Alex. Who would have ever guessed? Let's go. <laughs> oh, they said it couldn't be done, but here we are. UND Athletics Director Bill Shapes. Midco Sports is Alex excited. We're just excited to be with you on a Tuesday morning, November the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021, a mere 1198 days after our first podcast recording back in the August of 2018. Ah, let's, I just, it's, it's a special day, a special pod today, Bill, for you, for me, for the fans. How many more pods are there in the world since that day, that August day in 2018? I think, I think it's like a requirement that you have a podcast, even if you don't even know what it is. It's a trendy thing. I feel, I feel like we were at the beginning of the trends. I feel like we helped, we helped set that in motion. The podcast, not not really, but we we were we were at least like in the middle of the curve. And now everybody's got one. Yeah, it, it, you know, and but but I think when you do have it, so if we talk broad about just I'll, I'll call it the, the the thoughts of a podcast is um, you you do have to have your why right, like whatever your why you're doing it. And for us, it's just to make sure that we're 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 touching base about all things University of North Dakota athletics. And so to me. You know, it's it's not probably Alex or Bill talking about, you know, anything in life per se. And we're having a conversation. We're calling it a podcast. We're actually trying to hopefully convey information that hopefully is important to our unbelievable fan base that cares so much about our uh, our programs and our student athletes and our coaches and what we're doing. And, you know, as a flagship university of the state of North Dakota, you know, you want to make sure that you're conveying as best as you can, real-time information, as much as I can give during timeframes. You know, I mean, sometimes I'm in this administrative role and I can only say so much about certain things, but I try to be as candid and transparent about, you know, what is happening uh, with us and the ever-changing world of intercollegiate athletics. That was the goal when this podcast started. I think that's sort of been the mission statement throughout. Now, I think this is been a podcast that's reflected that I feel like that's every episode that's the plan is to go through and update people on what's going on and I think people really enjoy hearing your thoughts on the issues of the day from UND from the various conferences that the athletics department is involved with and from the NCAA as a whole we have some people who enjoy the podcast a lot who tell us often that they listen on a weekly basis I'm not sure what percentage of the population of the world that is probably small but it's still we appreciate the people who tune in and we hope you get something out of this each week we certainly enjoy doing this it's fun to have a base touch like this every two weeks now on this this twice a month sort of system and it's been a fun go here for these last four seasons now doing this with you yeah you touched on something I appreciate it Alex you know I, I've enjoyed it as well with you um, the I, I the lens is always how does it affect North Dakota and North Dakota athletics. And so if there's something that happens on, a, a, you know, the, uh, the, I'll call it NCAA landscape or something to that uh, degree, it's, it's, it's then how does that come back to Grand Forks and how does that affect us? And so hopefully we've been able to convey that a bit. And, uh, you know, you know, obviously our fan base is astute um, uh, and we don't need to regurgitate a lot of things that are already being, you know, uh, you know, provided by our, our, our great marketing communications uh, team and on the website, that that's not what this is, right? I mean, this is about trying to maybe do a different angle on some things that you may already know about. Today, this podcast will reflect that to its E. Once again, we'll go through and kind of chat over the different things that have happened in the last couple of weeks around UND Athletics, busy time with crossover season, all those fall sports starting to wrap up. Winter sports now really kicking off in full steam in hockey, which umbrellas this whole thing 
very much in the midst of an exciting start to their conference season. We'll also talk a little bit about the 100th episode and different things that have happened over the course of this podcast and maybe dip our toe into the B side a little bit, which is really just for us. We know people turn the podcast off typically once we <laughs> make that flip. But right now, yeah, this is uh, it's a busy time of year. It's a busy time for the athletics department. You guys came off a, a, a wicked busy week this last week and launched into an even busier one this week with so many home events, Bill busy time for you and your crew. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, really probably highlighted by Saturday, right? I mean, Saturday, um, we're going to start, you know, um, with brunch with volleyball and then uh, go mid-afternoon with women's basketball and close shop with uh, hockey. And oh, by the way, our football team's down in Brookings and uh, playing at two o'clock as well. So a lot of pieces of the puzzle happening, but, you know, tr truly you do take it in a sense one week at a time. I, I mean, we do, you know, I think obviously administratively, you got to think longer term than that. But, but I think from our staffing standpoint, though, you do, you start on uh, once kind of the weekend ends, you kind of look at, okay, what I have this week. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's, but it's exciting. I mean, it, you know, we're having games, um, you know, we're still getting touched by the COVID bug. I mean, that's still out there, Alex. I mean, I, you know, I'll be really truthful with, with our audience between episodes 99 and hundred, it bit me. So I was a breakthrough and you know, it happens. It happens. And I had in just a full transparency. I start, I had my second shot March 26th. So I was about six, over six months out. And so if you happen to be someone that does do uh, the vaccinations, I would consider really thinking about it if you're six months beyond, because um, I don't know what transpired. I mean, you can get it anywhere. Obviously, it's a pretty contagious virus. And so uh, I was fortunate, um, had a couple days where I didn't feel well. And then all of a sudden, you just had five days where uh, five additional days, right? After that, that you just kind of had to lie low. So uh, and that's what I did. And that's what you do. Get those boosters, everybody, if you need to. That's we're still learning about this. Obviously, this is this is still a new issue that our world is still kind of figuring out what how this process works. And good for you for taking the right steps and getting yourself out of the out of the firing line and not passing the thing along. And and our sport, our teams have experienced that as well. You still see that pop up over the course of athletic departments across the country. Games are still being called off. You know, teams are still going into contests shorthanded. We've experienced that as well just in the last couple of weeks between the last two episodes. So it's just it feels like we're, again, further and further away from the epicenter of this. But there still are those those after effects, the ripple effects from that that are still happening. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and again, we we talked about competitions last year and just wanting to play. I, I you know, we've we fortunately probably have crossed over the hurdle. It feels like all games are being played to some degree, but even we're seeing it now truly in the NFL and in, in the NBA to some degree that I think folks that have gotten vaccinated around that turn of the calendar year last year, uh, you know, you're just more susceptible. I almost think of it like a, a gas tank. You probably, your gas tank was somewhat full. I think it maybe is maybe at half and the booster kind of fills it back up a little bit. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing it across all sports and uh, you know, we're just trying to be as thoughtful as possible. And um you know, unfortunately, if we're if we're we're shy, some uh, some individuals we're forging on. Well, we're glad you're feeling better. First of all, you look good. So I had the football game this weekend. You look great. Had no clue that you were going through anything like that. So good bounce back. He's a tough man, ladies and gentlemen. Good Connecticut stock. Bill Shaves able to power through. It was uh, it was the same day as Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron, Aaron and I, mm -hmm. uh, worked, worked through this. And so, uh, <laughs> he played this weekend and I finally came out and played as well. So, uh, it was, it was nice to be back, uh, and be seen, which was good. So, uh, <laughs> holy cow. You and Aaron have so much in common. I just feel like it's the same, same guy, same view on life. <laughs> oh well speaking speaking of Aaron and speaking of, the, of football in general let's maybe start there as we look back around the last couple of weeks in UND athletics this football team just continues to find ways the last couple of weeks especially after a season full of near misses now three wins in their last four including back-to-back -back home wins that at times maybe didn't didn't look pretty but this this team is able to pick up victories against good teams in the valley 
UND's back to five and five now, Bill, with everything to play for coming up this weekend against South Dakota State. You're exactly right, Alex. I, such a tough league. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of years in the Big Sky, and uh, and, and obviously now in the Valley. The Valley uh, is, uh, you know, from top to bottom, it's just um, really, really difficult uh, league. And, uh, and it's n- no slight on the big sky who's had a great year this year, by the way, especially at the, at the top end for sure. But um, I just think there's a wider variance in that league in regards to maybe the top and bottom, I think it's smaller in the Valley and it goes to show by scores, right? It comes down to literally a possession or, or turnovers. And, you know, to some degree, I think, um, I was listening to something, Alex, and uh, I think the the data in the NFL is something like if you're plus one in the turnover battle, you win 60% of the time, plus two, 70% of the time. And, plus three, it's like 90% of the time. And I feel like the differential is just plays here and there. And, um, you know, we unfortunately are going to look back, um, you know, if we have a good week this week in Brookings, we're going to look back and, you know, we'll still hope that, that the committee finds us as one of the, uh, you know, top uh, um, potential at-larges for sure. Um, I think we've got our work cut out for us for sure. But, uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, there's just a few games where you just kind of maybe felt like you left it on, you know, you left something on the table. Yeah, that's it's one of those sports and every sports like that, but especially when you have so few competitions, when it is just an 11 game season and you can point to this play or this moment or this game. If it could have gone your way, boy, how would your season change? But even given that for UND to beat Youngstown State last week, great come from behind win and then Illinois State, which was just a slugfest. I mean, just a defensive battle to come back and show fortitude at the end and give up the late touchdown, but then score to go up 14-7 and hold. Illinois State off the board the rest of the way. You know, this is a team that still has had a ton of belief throughout this season, even when things haven't gone their way. And that's a credit to the, the coaching staff and to the players for continuing to buy in and to not give up and not look at their 2-4 and four record at one point and say, well, the season's over. you got to give a ton of credit to Bubba Schweigert and the guys for that. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and I think, you know, when you play in a league like this, if you can play your best ball at the end of the year, you can get on a run. And, as, and, and you know, we see it. We see it in the NFL all the time, right? Sometimes the best team that, or I should say the team that wins the Super Bowl, maybe was not necessarily the best team from September one on. Sometimes it is, but you know, there's some teams that just find their groove. They get hot and they go. And, um, you know, we just, uh, we got to find a way to go down to Brookings and, uh, you know, just, uh, play a team that obviously is, 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 is coming off a, a crazy finish themselves. And so, uh, well, you know, so we just, uh, you know, it's just, and then, then you put it into the committee's hands and we know what transpires when that happens and we can't control what's going on around the country. The one thing I did look at though, that I found interesting because once we did beat Illinois state, I, I came back and then was watching hockey before I went over to volleyball on, on Saturday night. And I just started looking at the results and it seemed like there was a whole lot of five and five teams around the country. So I went down and counted them hundred, about 125 uh, schools in the country, 24, five and fives. Wow. And so, you know, about 20% are five and five, not all of those conferences have I get that that do the playoff thing but but still I just was looking it just kept seeing five and five and I was like holy cow that's the differential it's like it's like so small the differential between winning and losing games and uh we see it week to week yeah yes we do yeah well if they can get a big win North Dakota this weekend in Brookings again two o'clock against number 12 South Dakota State again live on Midco Sports if you can't make the trip down and don't want to stand outside at Dana J. Dykow Stadium in, you know, probably, in, I don't want to say inclement. It's supposed to be in the 40s this weekend in Brookings. So not terrible weather, but feel free to stay at home if you want to watch it on TV. Uh, if North Dakota can do what they did to SDSU in the spring when they won 28-17 in the Alaris Center in February, they would be a 6-5 and five team with a couple of good-looking results and some really narrow losses. And like you said, you leave it up to the committee. You just, you put it in their hands and you see what happens. We've seen it before. Six and five doesn't always guarantee you a spot. Also, rarely does, but it has happened where a Valley team at six and five has gotten in with the win over SDSU in the last week of the regular season. So we'll see if history repeats itself this week. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, I, for in, programmatically as well, uh, for sure, there's a differential between finishing six and five and five and six. And so so our guys have a lot to play for. And, and you're right. I, I've been, uh, you know, proud of um, the fight that the, the program has had. And uh, certainly you could be real disappointed over some of the uh, end results. But I think our team has kept on uh, plugging, which is great. And so uh, so I expect us to really, uh, you know, give uh, give SDSU everything they they want down in Brookings and uh, knock on wood, the way it's all been going, it's usually a one score game. <laughs> you can almost count on it this weekend for sure. Uh, one last SDSU thought, you got a feel for that team to lose on a Hail Mary like that. And not even the fact that it was the last play of the game and they gave up this touchdown from 60 yards out. It was the fact they had the football and were trying to run out the clock the play before and just didn't run enough time off on their pass. They got thrown out of bounds. What a wild ending to that contest down in Vermilion. So I was uh, discussing that yesterday. I have not seen the fourth down play. And it would seem, could you, not to Monday morning quarterback, and I'm sure there's a lot of Monday morning quarterback going on, but from my assumption is, they had like seven seconds on the clock, something like that, where they were trying to kill the clock and the, have the game get over, but they threw it out of bounds and there was maybe one second on the clock. Is that fair? That's, that's accurate. Yep. That's an excellent description. And so where did the, where was the ball actually hiked from? Oh, close to midfield, like the 40, it was like the 40 yard line in, in USD territory. Total Monday morning quarterback right now, but why can't we do that? We can do this on the hundredth pod. I think we can do Monday morning quarterbacks in the 100th episode and beyond. Why not get it and just run backwards and eventually take a safety? Oh, you could do that. You could do that. They were up three. And you could just kind of just kind of literally get ahead of people. Maybe the time runs out. And if not, just run through the back of the end zone. It would make sense. You could certainly pull that off. There are a lot of ways to run off seven seconds, but if you had someone fast enough to take the snap, you would think with about a 10-yard lead yeah. on the entire defense, you could probably get down to the goal. That'd be plenty of time or plenty of distance to run off. I would see that. Yeah, then you have the kickoff that would ensue. You could probably play. If, if, if somehow you didn't make it and there was time on the clock, that would be a pretty good way to do it. Easy to talk about it on a Tuesday. Normally, though, like what they did, I mean, North Dakota did that the last two weeks of being able to snap it, you have it's fourth down. You sort of run around for a handful of seconds, and then you just throw it as far as you can, and, and that's usually that. But I think in both of the both of those situations, though, for the Fighting Hawks, there was about four or five seconds, not seven, and it seems like that was the difference. Really tough one for SDSU. You lose to your rival on the last play of the game in that fashion. That, that's a tough one. So hopefully, yeah, yeah you know that that'll be the team that North Dakota gets to face, and I think they'll be a little a little salty, but. Uh, it's a good opportunity for UND against a ranked team to pick up a win, give yourself a chance for the postseason, and get yourself above 500, even if the committee decides against you. I know to put it, put a, I guess a, a complete bow on this one is truly you got to play 60 minutes, and sometimes you have to play more in this league. But literally, right? They went 59, 59, and it, and that wasn't enough, right? I mean, the, the USD, good for them, made one more play with one second to go, and I that that literally is this league. Every week, it seems. Every week, doesn't matter who you're playing. Got to play a full 60. Best of luck to football coming up this weekend. Uh, congrats to Cross Country, who finished up their season as we kind of wrap up the fall sports crew. Cross Country going down to Iowa City, Iowa this past weekend to take part in the NCAA Midwest Regional. Obviously, this was both the women and men's side have sort of been dinged up a little bit lately. Injuries on both sides. Illness kind of keeping some of our women back. Still, though, the women finished 24th, the men finished 26th. And you got to remember, this is the entire Midwest region. This is a huge group. It's not just Summit League schools. It's not just, quote, mid-major schools. This is everybody. Uh, Alyssa Peterson from North Dakota finishes 70th. That's the highest UND individual finish in seven years. Uh, for the men, Luke Labatt was the highest men's finisher coming in in the top 198th. Overall, I mean, this was a really good season for both the men and the women on the cross-country side. They would have loved to qualify a couple people for the NCAA championships, but still a good way to finish things out. And now you can start to focus on indoor track and the outdoor season, which isn't that far off. Yeah, you're uh, you're, you're so right, uh, Alex. Um, you know, I, I, I talked to uh, Kyle, um, uh, obviously, on Sunday and Monday and uh, today, <laughs> and uh, he... Um, he was proud of the, uh, the team's efforts and what they did this year. You're right. A, li a little bit of an illness bug uh, got caught through the team at the end of the year. And uh, 
you know, uh, there's probably a lot of things that you don't want to do when you're, you're not feeling well, probably running is not one of them. I mean, to some degree, I think just right from a respiratory standpoint, it's just, it's just hard. So, so that was a uh, difficult um, deal, but, you know, I, I just want to uh, on the pod here, you know, thank Kyle for everything that he did uh, to, to, uh, to move forward with the, uh, with the cross country program. I, you know, it just was a really interesting um, departure of coaches in August, which, which put us in a weird position that, you know, we were really fortunate to have an administrator uh, that has, you know, literally been a decorated cross country runner at the university of Nebraska. And he, you know, sometimes you never know what your, your job description might be. Well, this fall, it was kind of cross country coach and uh, I think he enjoyed it. I'll be honest with you. It's just that now that we've got Jim on board and we got, you know, a full complement of coaches, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, excited for literally his, you know, his program to kind of flourish and take off right now, but it was a nice um, opportunity for, for Jim to come in and get his feet wet and moving as we head into the indoor season. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Congrats to Kyle on being able to pull that off. He's, he's even doing sports information duties. Now, again, I'm getting releases from Kyle on a weekly basis on different sports. Like the guy just does everything. So it's, uh, I know he loved it. Like you said, he seemed to really enjoy that opportunity to work so closely with the kids in a sport that he loves. And there's so much passion there. And like you said, he's, he's gotta be proud of the way that they finished out the season. You know, sometimes, you know, you can get caught up into your administrative rabbit hole all the time. And, you know, you're just, you know, in, in, you know, you're moving from sport to sport. We've got 17 different sports and they all have different, you know, issues. They're all, they all have different calendars. They're all doing different things. You know, some are, some are ending their season. Some have yet to travel. Some are in the midst of traveling. There's a lot of moving parts, but I think sometimes, you know, it's nice to get a uh, hit a reset on some of the things as to the reasons why we got into this industry. And I think Kyle kind of got a three to four month or three and a half month, uh, you know, uh, I guess fix in that regard. And, uh, uh, and so uh, excited about what the team was able to do. And now, uh, now he can kind of get back and you're right. I mean, now he kind of oversees our marketing communications area, which has had some, changeover and turnover, much like the rest of the country has in a lot of different professions. And so, uh, you know, so we're kind of working that through as well. So uh, you got to be ready to uh, approach and attack anything that comes in your office. That's right. All you can do, right? The, the great ones adjust. Am I right? It's it's the truth. It, it really is. And in, in in attack it with a good attitude, and just understand that you know the, the 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 bigger picture at times is making sure that we still are able to support our student athletes as best as we can. You know, are the teams here? Are the officials here? You know, all the other stuff sometimes surrounding it. Mm, you know, it's, they're great to have making sure that we have a great environment, make sure that the uh, you know, our fans are taken care of. Those are incredibly important things. You know, a lot of the other things that we do do are, are, are important, but you know, sometimes you going back to basics, isn't the worst thing. Exactly. Just, is there a ball? Is, is, are the lights on? <laughs> Can we get this competition going? Sometimes those things are what, uh, what you need. So Congrats again to the cross-country team as they wrap up their season. Another fall sport that is still going through with just a couple of games left is volleyball. And obviously, it's been a tough year for the volleyball program. They had a couple of uh, sweep defeats to Denver, to Omaha, to NDSU, some of the better teams in the league over the last two weeks. They do have two more matches left, a chance to try and finish out the season on a high note. Uh, South Dakota coming to town at 7 o'clock on Thursday, a game you can watch live on Midco Sports. And then Saturday at 11 a.m., you mentioned it a moment ago, South Dakota State at the Betty. That match will be on Valley Sports North. So some good opportunity for the, for the women to try and finish out strong. I was really impressed with their performance against NDSU the other day, even in a losing effort. Uh, Aaron Green and Steve Reinflesh both mixing it up a little bit, giving some players an opportunity to play who hadn't had a lot of time. People like Abby McGlynn, who's an upperclassman that hasn't seen much playing time in her career, was outstanding in the opportunity that she got. And they're still trying, and you could see how much they still enjoy playing with each other, even in defeats. And the losses have mounted this season, but this team is still grinding forward and trying to finish out the season well with an eye towards next year. Yeah, Alex, you know, no one draws it up this way, right? So you, you just, um, you know, that is not obviously what we're looking for. And, uh, uh, but I think you, you got to continue to take, you know, little daily wins. And uh, that's kind of where we are programmatically right now. And uh, you're right. I thought um, our team came out and, and played with good energy on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, um, 
you know, the thought is to, to, to kind of finish up as strong as you can on uh, Thursday and then Saturday and then, uh, and then get to work. I mean, we've got to figure out, you know, you know, to try to get the program back to where it was just a few years ago. But um, sometimes you go through um, ebbs and flows, and I'm not sure if we're in an ebb or a flow, but we're in one of them. <laughs> the, yeah, and it's, it's hard to get out sometimes of those sorts of things. But the only way you do it right is through hard work, getting into the gym, working together as a team and trying to come out of this. So best of luck to the women as they wrap up their season this Thursday and this Saturday morning. Hockey is very much in the midst of their season, starting to wind down the first half. Conference play began a couple of weeks ago, and it's, so far it's begun on the right note. North Dakota 4-0 in the NCHC for the first time since their national title season back in 2015-16. Team's looking pretty good, scoring goals, shutting teams down. Impressive sweep against Denver two weeks ago, then they wrap up a sweep against Miami on the road this week. Pretty impressive performances by Bradbury and the crew here these last couple of weeks since Nashville. Yeah, so you end up uh, playing the year, and it's fascinating sometimes, I don't know, the journey of it and, and what transpires. So you, so we go to Nashville, and just interesting. I mean, Penn State has a good good game, good day. We, I guess, would consider it not a good day, I mean, based on the result. And then but since then, you know, I, I think you end up learning about yourself a little bit. And I think that game – you know, helped us really, I think, redefine really what, what this team, you know, can be, what it needs to be. And I thought the Denver series, obviously when we are, we're holding a pretty explosive uh, outfit to, uh, to two goals over a weekend. Um, And then, uh, and then going on the road and, you know, we all know going on the road in the NCHC is difficult. In fact, what uh, out of the eight years we've gone to Miami, I think we've swept them once so now that was twice but it it they've got a pretty good power play i I think thought they were opportunistic and they you know anytime you um you know take care of business on a friday you know what kind of push you're going to get on a saturday and we got that push but we maintained and uh i thought that was a good sign for the team and you know now you're you're talking you're trying to end this this uh first semester with, uh, you know, certainly um, some back-to-back series that will be uh, incredibly challenging. But our year thus far has been challenging. <laughs> it's not new. This is nothing new for this team to have to play top teams back-to-back-to-back. It, it is a bit of a gauntlet coming up with Minnesota Duluth coming into town. They're number four in the country. They've pitched three straight shutouts. I mean, back-to-back-to-back shutouts by that team. Pretty impressive. So that's what North Dakota gets this weekend. And then they'll host the Gophers over Thanksgiving weekend on Friday and Saturday. And that's a Minnesota team that's ranked number seven right now in the country. And then they get to go to St. Cloud State after that, who was number one, now is number two after splitting uh, a series against Omaha this past weekend. But And then you finish with Colorado College, who is who had a scoreless tie in Duluth the other day. So this is, this is, there are just no easy games ever in college hockey, it feels. And this is certainly the stretch that North Dakota is in right now, but it obviously starts this weekend against the Bulldog team that UND has such a great history with of playing close, physical, historic type games that we've seen in recent seasons. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the CC piece, um, obviously they've opened a new arena, so they're excited about that new coaching staff, uh, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, they're, they're trying to figure that piece out. Um, and I watched them, uh, when I was, uh, let's just say, um, had an opportunity to watch a lot of things. Um, so I, uh, watched their game against, uh, St. Cloud and, um, you know, they, they went into overtime and, and truly actually held the lead, um, you know, with about four minutes to go in that game. And so, you know, the, the next eight, um, you know, heading into the, uh, the holidays, uh, obviously will be, uh, you know, some, some difficult games for us. But I, I think um, our guys are, 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 are ready for it. We're excited for it. And it uh, starts with Duluth this weekend. One more hockey thought. Jake Sanderson kind of did whatever you wanted to this past weekend with three goals and three assists. How much fun has it been to watch him really bloom this year now as a sophomore? I was impressed with his uh, empty net goal. Mm. You know, I mean, it was, uh, he's got a sixth sense for sure. And uh, it's special to be able to watch someone that uh, obviously is, is playing at such a high level, but just the ability to, um, to actually kind of close the game out with that goal from where he was in knowing 
that he, he I think let's just call it eight out of 10 times he can make that play. And I, and maybe others, it would be three out of 10, four out of 10, but I, I it just was amazing. And yeah, I know the, the, the one, you know, uh, video highlight that's going around that it seemed like the puck was a magnet to his stick was uh, quite amazing. Yeah. He's a special player. He's been a lot of fun to watch and it's only going to, again, assuming he stays healthy, it's just going to keep getting better. Like this kid's 19 years old. It's, it's just been really, really fun to see him just continue to do this week in, week out. I've also enjoyed reading the quotes from his teammates about him. When you hear the guys who, who again, I think Jake is like one of the most grounded, like humble kids, like just very unassuming. You would have no idea that he's the number five overall draft pick in the draft from two years ago that, you know, his, his dad was a great NHL player for a long, long time. Like the kid just works hard and is a good teammate, quiet, good leader, like all those things. And it's fun to hear the guys talk about him in that sense of just, you know, hey, we know how good he is. And he's starting to figure out how good he is right now, too. Yeah, I think he's uh, enjoying his experience here and he should. You know, um, you know, uh, this is an opportunity for him to really take full advantage of uh, the college experience. And uh, um, he's going to have, you know, a great um, long NHL career. And so at the end of the day, you know, enjoy the moments that you're in right now. And, and right now, I think he is. And uh, we're lucky. We're lucky to be able to watch him and uh, um, excited to be able to watch him the rest of, uh, you know, this year and, uh, and then see what happens, uh, you know, from there. Yeah, best of luck to Sandy and the guys this weekend. Again, Minnesota Duluth, 7 o'clock on Friday, 6 o'clock on Saturday at the Ralph. And then the Gophers next week, same story, Friday and Saturday in Grand Forks. Basketball season. Off and running, men and women now with games under their belts. We're taping this on a Tuesday. Last night, Bill, what a night at the Betty for the men's basketball team taking on Montana. Great finish, great back and forth game between two old Big Sky rivals. That's a nice win for Paul Sather and company to pick up a victory like that in the manner that it happened with the great last second bucket by Caleb Nero to seal the victory. Yeah, you know, I the only thing I could think of, Alex, was, you know, we just hung in. We hung in, hung in, and then found a way. I closed the game uh, last seven minutes or so, seven and change uh, on a 24 to nine run. And, uh, you know, some of that was the ability to really kind of play, uh, maybe uh, get, obviously get stops, but, uh, um, you know, they're, they're good. They're a good team. Uh, Travis Secure has, uh, you know, has been there for a, a long while now and has a program that you know what you're going to get, almost like Duluth. You know what I mean? You, you know what you're going to get with Montana and they play to that. They're always going to have um, creative guards and uh, they're going to be a, a real handful uh, physically. And that's what they were. But uh, we found a way to, to, to hang in there, uh, you know, close the half to cut it to two that that helped um, for sure. Um, and I think in talking to Paul this morning, you know, we've just got a roster that's just got to it's almost going to, I think, be a little bit of a mix and match this year based on who we're playing as some of our younger players probably continue to develop into their roles. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, it is a, it's a unique roster set up this year where you've got some really talented freshmen. I mean, you've seen that with Paul Bruns having a really good start, his first two games, double figures, you know, kind of filling up the stat sheet, but then also a lot of older players that are coming in from different programs that are just figuring out how to play Paul Sather's style of basketball, how to play with each other, and obviously some returners, Mitchell Sucre and Ben Supanoam and Ethan Igbonigo and guys like that that have been with the program for a couple of years. It is going to be probably a little matchup dependent over what kind of works and what fits with, with who you're playing, and it'll be fun to see how this team figures it out over the course of this non-conference season as we get ready for Summit League play come Christmas time. Yeah, so they uh, they jump on a plane and uh, play four games in five days, and so uh, it's going to be... Uh, um, all hands on deck, I think, from a roster standpoint, for sure. And so, uh, and I know um, Ethan, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, got tweaked in practice. And so he didn't play last night. And so, uh, knock on wood, maybe uh, we'll get him back uh, this upcoming week, which would be great. But yeah, we're going to need, uh, you know, uh, all, the entire roster to some degree based on matchups. And, you know, uh, you know, Brendan Howard's an interesting story for a lot of different reasons. Uh, um, you know, and again, him having a great day against uh, the University of Montana is is a story in itself. So um, certainly you can read Tom Miller on that. But but at the end of the day, um, 
you know, there's going to be matchups that will be uh, more favorable and not favorable for him. I think just on his style and given, you know, he's almost got the Barkley, you know, deal where he's uh, he's got the six foot four frame or six foot three frame down low. And so, you know, some, some games might not be his particular game, but some might be. And I think last night obviously was. Last night was. He was a motivated kid. Again, a Montana native coming against the Grizz and a team that obviously had overlooked him in the recruiting process. It was cool to see. At practice the other day, uh, that like that's when you watch the team. Yeah, you are. I think Bubba Schweigert jokes sometimes about the eye test and warm-ups on the football field and how, yeah, our team usually doesn't win the warm-up test. Like our guys just aren't quite as big or they don't look quite as athletic maybe as the opposition. But we play really well. We have a ton of heart. We like our guys. This basketball team is a bit like that, and Brendan's kind of the epitome of that. Here's a 6'4 post. How's that going to work at the D1 level? But he's so crafty, and you could see it last night, like just finds a way to be successful. So flip it back about a week, right? Milwaukee was long. Milwaukee was really long, and maybe that's not the greatest matchup for him at that point in time. But the one thing he can do, though, he can he can shoot the three, though. So at the end of the day, you know, even though, you know, maybe he doesn't back someone down, he still might be able to bring somebody out. So, uh, so it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting watching this team uh, develop over the years for sure. They get a chance now, like you said, to hop on a plane, go to Boca Raton, Florida for three coming up on the 19th, 20th and 21st. They'll play another game down there as well. So a good chance. Paul Sather talked about the the setup of that tournament allows them to play these games without having to go all over the place. He's like, sometimes you go to these things and you're going from one spot to the next and you're spending so much time traveling, but you don't get much out of the experience or you're just too tired to really be able to field, you know, your guys at their highest level. He's excited about this opportunity for his team to get to gel now together on the road. And it's again, great opportunity in, in a tournament setting like this. Well, let's face facts. Um, obviously you got to have, you got to fill your games, uh, fill your schedule with games. I mean, if you're going to be in, in, in North Dakota, uh, what better way is to potentially go somewhere in a warmer climate. Right. And so there, there's obviously a recruiting piece to that, to some level, we're going to look in, in those areas, obviously, you know, a, a sport like softball has got to play outside and they've got to go to warm climbs as well. But, you know, if you have the opportunity and he's, he's right, get on a plane and go to one place and then you don't have to move again. And there's something to be said for that. So that's exciting for us. And, uh, you know, we get to play some teams that we normally wouldn't play. And so we're going to find out a lot about our team. And I guarantee you there's going to be um, a lot of different styles that we're going to have to play down there. And uh, hopefully that'll get us prepped as we uh, kind of turn the page and not necessarily the calendar uh, fully, because I think uh, I was looking at that the other day, but we kind of have that first game late in December, Summit League, and then, uh, and then on New Year's Day as well. Troy, Florida Atlantic, and then Tennessee Martin, the three teams that UND will play in the aptly named Paradise Classic. Well played, Boca Raton, and then Florida International in Miami on that Wednesday to follow. So some good games down in the Sunshine Sunshine State. Try that again. Some good opponents down in the Sunshine State for North Dakota before they come back a little closer to home, play Kansas State on Thanksgiving weekend. A good matchup against the Wildcats uh, and a good Power 5 school. The women, meanwhile, were on the road this past weekend. They'll come back home this week for a handful of games against Montana and Montana State. But Mallory Bernard taking a, a group that was a little bit depleted because of a variety of issues held in there against Weber State and against UTEP but come away with a couple of losses. What was Mal's take from the opening weekend of play for this women's team? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, not not to get – I think people can read between the lines after 18 months of, of, of what we've been going through. You know, I, you know, obviously uh, not having your full complement of the roster, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, got us uh, into a little bit of a situation where, you know, I think teams understood that. And I think they kind of forced the issue. And, uh, and with that, you know, kind of put us in a position where we had to really kind of now scramble to, uh, to, to add depth in a hurry uh, with maybe uh, some of the roster members that maybe she didn't anticipate playing right away. But that could help you down the road because ultimately you are getting game reps at that stage of the game. And so uh, um, UTEP came out, pressed us early. Um, we struggled to handle the press. That's uh, you know, um, what she indicated. And then, uh, and then, you know, the last three quarters, of the game played pretty darn well, but I uh, couldn't overcome uh, the, the deficit that occurred in the first quarter. 
Yeah, that's a case where if a team looks at the opposition's bench and there's just that many bodies there, you want to make them run and work for every inch of the court. And that's what both Weber State and UTEP did. And North Dakota now gets a chance to come back home, hopefully with a fuller roster intact. Again, a big game against Montana. Coming up at noon, the school day game where elementary schools from around the city get to come and watch and cheer. That's always a really fun atmosphere coming up on Thursday in the Betty. Uh, You can watch that game, by the way, live on Midco Sports as well. And then on Saturday, Montana State, the second half of a volleyball basketball doubleheader just like just like thursdays is by the way they just happen to be flipped around but montana state at two o'clock and then the women also get to go on a plane and travel out east maybe not quite as paradise maybe wouldn't necessarily be the right name for the invitation but they'll go to vermont for a couple games the north country it'll be beautiful out there more of a holiday feel more so than what the men will experience but good opportunity again for the women to get another road trip under their belts hopefully with a full roster intact and continue to build towards summit league play yeah no doubt about it alex uh and, and again i i think uh you know the basketballs have always uh you know kind of had these thanksgiving tournaments and you know are, you know I, I think each each year is its own and so i think uh much like the men i think sometimes you know maybe you go to a warm climb sometimes you find out that maybe this tournament is good from the teams that are there. And so I think that's kind of the thought process, at least uh, for this tournament that we're going to. So, uh, yep, she's excited about it. And uh, yeah, knock on wood, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have our full complement of a roster here uh, in not so distant future. Yeah, those games over Thanksgiving weekend for the women against the Vermont tournament, Bucknell, Brown, and Vermont, the other teams along with North Dakota that'll be in action. And that's a true tournament. And those games you can watch live on ESPN+. Plus. So that's what's coming up for hoops this coming week. That's about it from a North Dakota perspective in terms of all the various athletic events that are going on. There was a little bit of NCAA news the other day. A special convention of sorts, a webinar of sorts, talking about some constitution changes, perhaps. What do you got on that front, Bill? Yeah, you know, spent a, a long time yesterday on this special convention. And um, I, I'd say I'm, I'll try to distill it really quick. Um, like we're trying to figure, there's so many outside, I guess, forces right now, whether it's lawsuits, um, federal government with the NIL, um, trying to figure out how do you get, um, you know, one NIL uh, legislation across 50 states. There's just a lot of different pieces, uh, you know, mainly lawsuits that have occurred, the Alston case we've talked about before. Um you know, I think we're trying to figure out what's next. Like, how do you, how do you govern um, this enterprise in the 21st century, you know, moving forward? And, and I, I know that's really broad, but yesterday was really broad. When you're talking about the constitution, that's about as macro as it gets. And then what ends up happening is really now the devil's in the details moving forward. By January's NCA convention, there's there's desire to have this new constitution passed, but what's going to happen is what does that really mean though? Like when it comes to each division, I don't see much changing in division two and three. I think it's going to be very similar, but division one is the one where there's going to be a lot of conversation between yesterday and January. And so I'll leave it there. Cause I don't know much more than that. Other than I did a lot of active listening I'm not sure I learned a whole lot as far as what we're changing per se, but I think, again, it's more in the, uh, it's going to be more in the rules and the regs as far as that. It's not so much in the constitution. So anyways, I'll leave that there. Uh, it just, um, just, it's a, it's a, it's a large winding enterprise that has grown since 1906 and we stand here today trying to figure out how do you reset something when you're still flying 30,000 miles, 30,000 uh, feet above uh, sea level. Not an easy thing. We're not in the hangar. We're not in the hangar. <laughs> we're not going to be anytime soon, right? No, so we're flying. Tough, tough stuff to navigate for the NCAA and for its member institutions. Well, well, it's a good thing that we got you around. You can keep us posted. So we, we don't have to do all the active listening over these webinars that, that last nope. for hours and hours, I'm sure. You can just give us the cliff notes and let us know what we need to know. Yeah, I, I will. I, I, you know, our three conferences, I still feel as if we are 
in a great spot with whom who we're playing, you know, now how this plays itself out moving forward and how these, um, you know, situation occurs when, when, when we find out what the changes might be could, you know, impact us because we're seeing it to some degree in some of the group of five leagues at this point, seems like there's, you know, some, some schools that are making interesting decisions about changing conference affiliation. It doesn't seem like it's regionally based. That's it doesn't seem that way. And it, and we seem like we have some FCS schools that are trying to make the climb up to FBS and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, time will tell. I, I, I do like the position we're in, but we have to keep our antennas up. It's an interesting time, and it has been for a long time at the NCAA. Now it feels like there's maybe been, what would you say, maybe a decade of this, probably like 15 years of this, where things are just kind of in a constant flux, where there was calm maybe for a while, and now it's just sort of every year you kind of expect things to be in the mixer, that nothing really is secure. The, the furniture is not, <laughs> it's not bolted down, or it needs to be maybe because the, the, the world is spinning so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. It, I mean, we might be in a category five hurricane. I don't even know. I mean, that, that, that might be the case. And so, um, and so how long does this last? And, you know, is this enough, whatever enough is? Um, I don't know. I don't know. So you, you know, I, Dr. Armacost was on as well. Sue Jenna, our faculty athletic rep was on yesterday. And so, you know, we're tracking, trying to figure out, you know, what, what matters for the university of North Dakota. It's good to know that that's, again, that's the purview that you're looking at this at. So keep us posted on what new comes out of this over the course of the months to come. We'll be eager to listen when the details emerge. So that might that might do it for our A side for episode 100. Let's flip over to the B side. Um, quick B side today. Just a couple things I wanted to touch on. Now, typically in the B side, which we did in episode one. So way back on August the 6th, 2018, we started with the B side conversation, which not surprisingly involved. Can you remember, can you remember, get, take a guess maybe what the B side topics were on that first episode, Bill? What do you think we talked about? English premier soccer. <laughs> That's yes. Correct. That's one. What, what else we would have discussed? We talked about, um, I, I would guess the Red Sox. Two for two. Those were our two discussion topics and probably the two most frequent B-side conversation points over the course of 100 episodes have been the EPL in the in the lens from Tottenham's perspective. So Spurs talk and then Red Sox talk as well. We also, I was scrolling through just the episode rundowns from that first season. This will put you back. We spent more time talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell and his holdout that that year because Bill's a Steelers fan. We've not had as much Steelers talk on the pod of late, but... It was just funny to think, gosh, that was that was what was happening in 2018 that Le'Veon Bell was still on the Steelers, and that it mattered that he <laughs> that that was a big relevant thing in our lives a couple of years ago. Time time comes at you fast, doesn't it? That, that position is is crazy, really. If you think of a Le'Veon Bell or a Todd Gurley or you know some of the, some of those running backs that are amazing in, in such a short burst, and you know Bell's holdout probably wasn't great. I think uh, in real time, I was like, yeah, you got a pretty good situation right now. I mean, I would stay, I would stay in that, that deal, but it never worked out for him once he went to the jets. That first year, 2018, we had a lot of positive things to talk about because the Red Sox would go on to win a world series that fall, which was a lot of fun. There was a lot of um, Spurs, Liverpool betting going on. Bill had to wear a Liverpool scarf, and I can't remember if there was a jacket involved. I feel that you lost a bet <laughs> sometime over the course of that first step or that first season. Uh, simpler times back then. I so. was uh, I was pretty smart since then. I I learned that uh, Liverpool's pretty good, um, and uh, they're in a run right now, and I may want to stay away from. Uh, betting against them yeah i don't think i don't think we've had a friendly wager since <laughs> that, that initial go back in 2018 and that's and that's okay that's all right i, I got the, i got the photo opportunity it's all good liverpool is just in in a really good run where uh i have zero interest in uh in and uh thinking they're gonna um lose a match against certainly against the spurs i mean i you know i mean yeah uh, maybe Conte will get us going. Who knows? 
Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. Can you, who was the manager of Spurs in 2018 when this podcast started? Pochettino. Pochettino. How many managers have you had since then? A few. So we, we went with Pochettino, then Ryan Mason as an interim, followed by the chosen one, and then followed by now Antonio Conte. So it's been not short of uh, and drama. Nuno. You, you just skipped oh. over Nuno. <laughs> His reign was that short that you didn't even remember your most recent manager. That's okay. It was a it was a time that you probably don't want to remember. So it's all good. Nuno, Nuno <laughs> Poor was Nuno. well. Here's the deal, and this is the truth too. Nuno was, I think, manager of the month for September. And that's something. Out of a job at the end of October. You think running backs have a short shelf life? How about being an EPL? Manager? He may not even have got his plaque from the league yet. <laughs> He might might still be working on it. Oh man, poor Spurs. Um, I, I speaking of Spurs and soccer in general, we're in the midst of an international break that we're just about to wrap up. Another long international break. This one though was actually kind of fun. Did you watch the U.S. men? You probably not because we had a million other events. But the U.S. men's national team played Mexico in Cincinnati on Friday. Dos Cicero, Bill. Just your th- Bill's giving me the thumbs up. So you did get to watch. What, what are your thoughts on our men right now? Again, um, I had opportunity because I was uh, uh, alone with my thoughts, uh, and, and, but I was alone with the Team USA. That's a good win, though, huh? Because yeah, we, uh, you know, we have, eh, I guess Mexico's had uh, the better of it, right, against us? Over the course of, yeah, in recent years, you would say, um, the U.S. Has, has won a couple matches against them. The last three now, they've won three in a row against the Mexican national team. So it's it's trended a little bit back to the U.S., but... Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I think if you want to look historically or even in the last couple of years, Mexico has certainly had the better of of that relationship, yes. So top three go on to the World Cup from from this, is that correct, top three? Yep, and then the fourth team in CONCACAF, the North American Caribbean Confederation, plays another team who doesn't automatically qualify. Usually it's from Oceania or from Asia. And there's a a two-leg playoff that you'd get sucked into. So that's Ooh. that's what's at stake. U.S. of course didn't qualify a couple of years ago. They have uh, put themselves in good position now after these wins that they've picked up. They played Jamaica today. As you listen to this podcast, you'll know if they beat Jamaica or not. But the good young U.S. team, they got a great shot to qualify for the weird Thanksgiving World Cup that'll come this next year in Qatar. That that will be really odd. So then help me in uh, 26, it will be in Canada, U.S., Mexico, right? Correct. Yes. A North American World Cup, which is going to be really, really exciting. So does it. So if that's the case, since there's three hosts, do they all all automatically make it? I, I believe that is the case. I think that's how that's going to work. So typically the host gets automatic entry. Again, there have been different times when you've had dual host countries for like European championships and both countries who were hosting. Like, for example, most recently, Poland and Ukraine hosted the 2012 Euros. They both got automatic entry into that competition. So I would guess all three would be in. Obviously, the U.S. and Mexico would expect to be in anyway. Canada hasn't qualified for a World Cup in a long time, but they're actually in good position for this coming cycle. They've got a really good young team led by Alfonso Davies, who's a star for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. So they've got a good shot to make it this year on their own merits. But yeah, they would get automatic entry in 2026. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it was um, it was a great match. Um, it seems like uh, they played it in what Cincinnati is. That's a, a great new stadium that they have there. So yeah. uh, but it was a pretty rocking crowd. I mean, it was a uh, it was an awesome match. And so I think we're halfway through now, maybe that that, that, that schedule. And so uh, this starts the second cycle again, uh, the match against Jamaica. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. They switched up the format. It used to be the hexagonal where there were six teams fighting for those three spots in the playoff spot. Now it's an octagonal. They added a couple of teams and sort of changed. And it's I it's hard to keep up with. I used lots to, of I used matches. to feel like lots lot of, of matches. matches. It's just it's almost too many. It's almost too many. But. Well, well, and, and again, I it's so so with all of the so with all of those um federations throughout the world, are are they all have eight, right? in their well, generally not see it depends though europe you're in a group with maybe five other teams and but there are like eight different groups because there are so many it's every every place does it a little bit different based on how many countries you've got every place is different so where i'm going and i'm asking you a question did we really have to play that game 
the England game yesterday? Like, was that is, is that something we had to do? Yeah, like, what helped me? San Marino, England. Yeah, yeah. So England, if you're not tracking, beat San Marino yesterday, ten nothing. Harry Kane scored four goals in the first half. I think it was the most lopsided victory for England in a long, long time. But uh, yeah, feels like it was a little bit overkill. You know, didn't, I think England had already qualified, essentially. I think all they needed was a draw, I think, from that San Marino match to officially qualify. It's a weird system, how this all works. But, I mean, ask Italy and Portugal, though. Like, they've had to play all these matches, and they're both going to have to go through a playoff just to yep. make it based yep. on results this past weekend. So even some of the world powers aren't guaranteed passage. Only the top team in your group makes it automatically. The second place team has to go through a playoff in Europe. Makes for some really interesting two-legged ties. So because there's two, uh, literally two um, uh, associations, I guess, uh, that you FIFA and, and UEFA, it just seems just really odd that, right, Italy, Italy wins the Euros, yet that has nothing to do with them getting into the World Cup has absolutely zero bearing. Yep, you can be the champions of Europe but not represent the continent. How do we feel about Cup. that? Well, like you said it's it's different confederations. It's a different thing. It It'll never change, like, right? I mean, there's no there's no way. There's no way, right? I mean, it's just yeah. there's too much money. Yeah, it's not like the NCAA oversees the Summit League or oversees the NCHC. UEFA essentially is a separate governing body from FIFA. And there is some crossover, and they have to play nice with each other because they're working through the same international break systems. And UEFA, obviously, is sort of a feeder then to FIFA for these international tournaments. But at the same time, UEFA is doing their own thing, and and CONCACAF is doing their own thing. And FIFA is kind of loosely overseeing all this, but not really. And it's it's complicated. Let's just say that. It's a very complicated relationship that these international so- soccer governing bodies have with each other. And they're, they're, it's not it's not good. It's not a positive relationship. Really, no, no, no. It, 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 and there's no, it, to some degree, there's really no alpha, right? Like, like it, it, uh, most of, most of uh, soccer players around the world certainly want to play for their country. But then they also uh, understand their club, they only have a short time frame where they uh, they're at their peak. They want to be obviously, you know, playing for their club and getting paid and all that rot. So boy, that's a tough one. There's just so much, there's so many games, Alex. It's just not great. Right. Yeah. Probably a little too many. I think it's just hard to keep up with everything and hard for the guys. I think both the, both the men and women at the international level, you play a lot of matches and, it uh, takes a toll eventually, but again, it's yeah, good. So, so if we, um, if if we end this hundredth pod, and you then ask the question on the two hundredth pod, what did we talk about on the B side? I want to make sure because I will forget this, but we do need to talk about the tie that was the Lions Steelers. <laughs> So what was your experience, the 16-16 overtime tie? Again, Ben Roethlisberger is on COVID IR, so he's not in the game. I mean, the Lions, essentially their entire team is, it's not a good team, winless team this season under a new head coach. What are your thoughts, Bill, on 16-16? Well, I thought my, my initial thought was what's worse than losing to the Lions is probably tying the Lions. But... We did tie the Browns a couple of years ago too. So we do have, we've done this before. So I guess the bottom line is a tie is better than a loss. And a loss. truly what little I could see of it through the red zone channel. Um, Cause they didn't show much of it because it probably wasn't much to be shown. Um, it seemed like the Steelers had every opportunity to, well, potentially win the game if they didn't fumble quite a bit. And they certainly had an opportunity to lose the game. So um, I don't know. A tie was probably just, I was surprised that Detroit was utilizing their timeouts at the end of overtime. I don't know if you're tracking on this, but they had two timeouts. The Steelers had one timeout left and it kind of felt like that. Now the Steelers started on their own 30 or 25 or whatever it was. And Detroit kept calling timeout 
with their two timeouts. And so therefore the Steelers could continue to go over the middle because they were calling timeout, which I get it. They wanted the ball back, hoping they were going to stop them. But of course they didn't stop them. And then it came down to then the Steelers, which Boswell probably would have kicked a 50 yarder to win it. But of course they fumbled on, uh, you know, Friermuth caught it, fumbled game was basically over at that point. So yeah, not, not great. Um, Here's, here's a fair statement. I don't know who the best team in the NFL is right now. I don't think anybody does. I feel like that's a, that's a weekly discussion point. Is anybody good? Question mark is kind of the mood around the league. Ever, anybody can beat anybody. Makes it for an interesting Sunday. You see a lot of weird results, like blowouts of teams who had looked good the week before, lay an egg the next week. I mean, even the teams you think are, okay, this is like the Bucks, for example. You think, okay, that's a good team coming off by... They'll be fine. And they lose to Washington, who's who's awful. It's You never know any given week what's going to happen in this league. Gave up the longest drive in uh, the NFL this year, 10-plus minutes. Uh, Washington held the ball and punched it in to, to keep, literally keep Brady off the field, literally. And so, you know, you got teams like the Patriots that, you know, are starting to kind of figure things out. I, I, it's November. It's mid-November right now. I, I there's a number of teams that could win this thing right now because I, I don't know where it stands. I, at one point I thought the chargers were a pretty good team, the Ravens, the, you know, but the Ravens have really been fortunate. And then they, they kind of laid an egg in Miami. So I don't know. Well, I don't know. The Rams too. I mean, the Rams last night losing to San Francisco, getting blown out by the Niners team who looked terrible a couple of weeks ago. You just have, I have no clue, but it, it'll make for interesting watching the next couple of weeks as we get things sorted out come playoff time. I think you asked me at the beginning of the year who was my pick for the Super Bowl, and I think I said Buffalo Green Bay. I, I know I did. Yeah, that's still looking okay. But I, I, I'll tell you what, there's um, it's going to be interesting where this one goes because there's no clear cut. No, well, even the Bills, Bills lost to Jacksonville last week, like it just in nine six. Yeah, but then they came back and looked awesome the other day. So this league, man, it's just a. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird season. And it's a long season this year too, with the additional week of the regular season. So we'll see how that plays in as these teams try and fight for now seven playoff spots and one by, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't read it. Was it Najee Harris that didn't know that you could tie? It was, it was Najee yep, who, who did not realize you could tie. And again, he's a rookie hmm. coming from college. You, yeah. you, you are used to having an overtime where you, you have a winner in college football and that's not the case in the NFL. So I don't begrudge him. It's fine. I, what do you do? You know, what's interesting. And I, I guess it's maybe just health related. It's interesting to me though, that they only do 10 minutes. Yeah. Instead of playing the full, full extra period. Yeah. It must be just, let's just wrap it up and get home. Call I mean, I mean, you really could get, you really could get a tie. I mean, 10 minutes, I mean, goes pretty fast. If the clocks are just running and you know, you're picking up a few first downs and next thing you know, you're at five inside of five minutes and, Miss a field goal, you literally could tie. Here's my question. If there were an additional five minutes, would we have a winner in the Steelers-Lions game? I think so. Yeah. I think I think it would have been a pick six. I was just going to say, Jared Goff would have given you one, and that would have been that. Oh, uh, Mason, 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 no, Mason. What, we, what, what we've learned is that we don't have our next starting quarterback. Uh, you just learned that now? I've known it. <laughs> I think we've known that for a while. It felt oh. as if we started Martin Perez and had Garrett Richards in the bullpen. Mm. That's kind of where we're at. And so uh, <laughs> it would have been nice. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'll tell you what. I, th- their next, their next uh, we might be back into Bubby Bristerland. That's what, I mean, that might be our deal coming up. Awesome. Well, I, cause I don't know if there's any real um, quarterback out there per se. I think what Pitt's quarterback is maybe the flavor right now. Of, yeah, it uh, seems to change. Yeah. I don't think there is a clear cut, like, Oh, this group of three or this, this individual is a franchise quarterback at the next level. It feels like it's kind of a shallow group this season at the NCAA level. So you never know. I've, I mean, Somebody could emerge certainly and have a good rest of the season and you might find a diamond in the rough, but I'm not sure if you're going to get a blue chipper come the draft this time. Plus you'd be picking in the teams after this tie anyway. It's <laughs> nothing wrong with getting a good old fashioned tie. Hayward, uh, our defensive tackle. He was yeah, not, yeah. yeah, he was not excited about the tie. Yeah. just was not excited about it. And I, you know, it is a, I mean, you spend 
all of that time and just to walk off the field, it just kind of feels awful. So, yeah, but your Patriots, they're, uh, they're looking better. They really are. And it's, it's no, no joke. I mean, they are actually looking better. Yeah, back-to-back weeks, they've looked really, really good. They blew out the Browns this past weekend after crushing the Jets. And there's some momentum going on with that team. They're getting healthy. Mac Jones looks good. He's settling in. Looks like maybe the best quarterback of the bunch from this last year's NFL draft, at least right now. So they've they've got some tough games ahead. But certainly at this point, you would say they have turned a corner and they're playing some good football this season. Yeah, no question. Who's who's your uh, who's your OC that was Denver's coach? Josh um, McDaniels. He, he really is a good play caller. It took him a while this season to sort of figure it out. Oh, you said it, just, with him? Just learning, yeah, I think mm. learning the strengths of Mac. They played it pretty conservative. They did a lot of things that just didn't work, that they kind of kept going back to, to try and be a power team. They got those, you know, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith were on the field a lot together, and that just didn't really work, but they kept going to that well, thinking it would eventually, and now they've had to change things up. And now what they've been doing lately certainly has paid off. So yeah. he, I, I do like Josh, and more often than not, he figures it out. Sometimes he's a little stubborn. <laughs> with what he thinks should work, but we all are, Bill. So I can I can relate to that. That's right. That's right. Well, hundred episodes in the books, Alex. I mean, we we made it. We made it to the finish line. We did. Yes. Yes, we did. Kyle Doporowski would be happy. We made it to the finish line. <laughs> oh, it's a proud moment. Triple digits. So we're excited to come back in two weeks with episode one hundred and one. Here in season number four of the Bill Chaves podcast, Bill, best of luck to you and your staff and all of you, all the UND athletics teams this week, a crazy week for you guys, but excited to see what occurs on the ice, on the court, on the field. Let's go Hawks. Yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate Midco. It's mutual, mutual. So on behalf of Bill Chaves, our producer, Cassie Niles, who does a great job tying this all together after the fact, I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. For you loyal listeners that were here from episode one, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for tuning in each week. We'll be back in two weeks for episode 101. Until then, take care of yourself. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon.